1: No purchase necessary Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Every day I get the cue. Too much magic bus. I'm so nervous I just and Too
1: much, magic bus. Welcome to another edition of Now We're Talking. This is our fourth season of Now We're Talking. Uh, this is episode forty-three, and uh, it's hard to believe we've gone. Th- we've had forty-three episodes. It's shocking, really. But when you have that many episodes, you really start digging for uh, guests, and uh, and sometimes you just have to settle. Uh, so before I introduce our guests for today, <laughs> uh, a few announcements. This is our new and improved season, by the way. Uh, be, be sure to check out my new cover art and bumper music, which uh, the bumper music is actually the Who, right? Magic Bus, one of my favorite songs. I don't know. Who is it? <laughs> oh, boy, <laughs> everyone's a comedian today. It is The Who, and uh, you just have to check it out for yourself. Uh, you can listen and view show notes at www.fcps1podcast.org or on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. Um, before I introduce our, our, our guest, Dr. Bill Bradley, um, I want to thank our sponsors. And uh, they include Stantec. Stantec is is the architectural firm uh, for our project at Lee Middle School. We want to thank Bill Bradley and Dirk Jeffrey, in particular, for agreeing to sponsor this podcast. Bill is actually our guest today. He's an architect uh, with um, Principal Architect. Is that what we call it? Is that what we're calling it? That's what they call me. Principal Architect uh, with Stantec, and uh, also love and Louis. You like to host, don't you? You you host often don't you i try to i try not to be you know, an introvert that's good to know <laughs> um we have uh, a, as one of our sponsors love and cup llc which is a personal chef business located in orlean virginia um and what this gentleman will do is come to your home fix you an amazing meal um he'll clean up and he's out of your hair quickly and uh uh, and does a fantastic job. He's, uh, he's quite the chef. Uh, his number is 434-996-7398. And you can also reach him at chefdavid at And last but not least, Joe's Pizza and Marshall, uh, where I, I was just there this past Tuesday. I'm there almost every Tuesday with my family, and we will enjoy some um, uh, fried raviolis, uh, mozzarella sticks, pizza, Uh, I had the linguine with uh, red meat sauce this past Tuesday. It was delicious. And if you go there uh, and you mention this podcast, you'll get 10% off your entire bill. Really nice people at Joe's and um, one of our favorite (laughs) places to go, my family and I. All right, so very excited to have Dr. Bill Bradley with us today. Uh, I've known Bill Bradley for, I guess, over 20 years, going back to my days in Henry County way back in the day. Um, Bill is, Bill's company, uh, Stantec, is uh, is doing the project, and I say doing the project, uh, Bill will talk more about exactly what what's involved with uh, design, etc., uh, relative to the project at Cedar Lee Middle School. We had the groundbreaking last week, it was great, uh, really well attended, a lot of, few people, a lot of great people there. Um, one of uh, Stantec's outstanding employees i'm going to get her name right i think her name was on to nguyen that's perfect That right absolutely i strive for perfection uh appreciated her being there and it was a really cool event um and really as i said really well attended so but before we get started bill uh, we have this thing we call bucket o questions you have to pick a question out of this bucket whatever the question is you must answer That's really the only prerequisite.
0: All right, a couple things before we get started. First of all, I've been to Joe's Pizza.
1: I like Joe's Pizza. And
0: it's delicious. It is. It was really good. Second thing, I'm just now learning this is your 43rd podcast. Yes. When my agent called me and asked me to do this, he said it was your first ever, and that I would be your first ever guest.
1: Um, your agent lied to you. Uh, you are my first ever architect to appear on the show. Um, I, I think our dozens of listeners out there will be disappointed uh, that you weren't our first guest. But um, you know what? If I could go into the Wayback Machine, I would make you our first guest. But I apologize. No. I mean, we can cut this thing off right now. No, no. I, this, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And I don't right. have an agent, by the way. but Bucket of questions, here they go. You can read the question into the microphone and then answer. Pick any question you want. (laughs) There's literally dozens of people waiting for this, so Uh, go ahead.
0: Listen, I I want the people at home to know that (laughs) there's a bucket here (laughs) with probably 30 questions. (laughs) the one question i picked out out of the 30 or more questions i'll read it and i'm gonna i'm gonna correct the grammar mistakes that i already see in here after a humiliating 11-2 to 2 loss at the hands of the extremely talented los angeles dodgers what advice would you give to an atlanta Braves team that's clearly choking for a straight, say, second straight year mm-hmm. You know what? You know, Listen, I don't
1: think we ever had this question before. I, it's, it's surprising. I think, I think that's the first time we've had this question. I,
0: uh, you know, this is way out of left field, as we say in, <laughs> in baseball. Uh, I feel like you teed this one up for me. So um, what advice would I have? Listen, dig deep, fellas, because how could you possibly blow a 3-1 lead in a seven-game series Two years in a row. It's unprecedented. I don't think it's ever happened in the history of of baseball.
1: I I personally would be shocked.
0: Honestly, the problem was uh, up 2-0 in the series, up 5-2 on the road in the eighth inning at the Dodgers, two on, a slumping Bellinger at the plate, a 1-2 count, and you serve up a fastball.
1: A 1-2 fastball. Why would you do that? Well, I think it has to do with coaching. Uh, I think it has to do with the overall uh, composition of the organization itself. Uh, Bad decisions, uh, you know, it's endemic. Are you a Dodgers fan? I I am a Dodgers fan. I went to my first Dodger game in 1974. Dodgers A's, uh, I think it was game two of the 1974 World Series. Don Sutton pitched for the Dodgers. Raleigh Fingers? Raleigh Fingers was an A. I don't know, I can't, I remember Don Sutton pitched... And we lost. But I don't remember anything about the game. But I was there. I was nine. You were probably 16, 17, enjoying it from somewhere in Tennessee. But anyway, that I was really wasn't. three. You were three? Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, listen, if you, if you want to pick another question, you, you can. I'm going to take one more question. Take one more question.
0: Oh, look at that. It's the same. <laughs> All the same grammatical errors, too. I, I
1: think we have some <laughs> shenanigans going on here. I, these are listener generated questions. So I maybe there were just a lot of the same questions. i I don't know. That's surprising. So let's talk about uh, Cedar Lee Middle School. Um, yes, let's do. I want to preface this by saying this is a project that the idea of uh, doing something with our aging middle schools in Warrenton. That conversation really started 15 years ago, so we're finally at the finish line. It's taken that long to get us to where we are now. The decision that was ultimately ultimately made was to renovate and expand Searly. The second far, part of this project is to take Taylor Middle School, expand it also, and renovate it, and then close uh, Warrenton Middle School. But the county will repurpose Warrenton Middle School, no doubt about it. They'll do they'll do something with it. A lot of different things have been kicked around, library, senior center, lots of different things. But for us, for our purposes, renovating Cedar Lee Middle, phase two is to do um, take care of Taylor, which is a very old building. So can you tell us a little, about, A, about the project at Cedar Lee? Uh, tell us about the challenges, what's what the scope of the project is uh, generally? Sure. What kind of challenges you, you may be facing as an architect or have faced? And then I've got another couple questions about just uh, school construction and design in general.
0: Sure. So, uh, as you said, Cedar Lee is part of a, a larger overall capital improvement plan. It's the first part of a series of projects aimed at a couple of things. One, increasing capacity within your, within your community, within the county, but also uh, increasing the educational adequacy of your facilities. Your facilities go back a few years, a few decades, really, to a time when uh, instruction was delivered differently. And so to the extent that you can leverage these projects to not only uh, increase the capacity, but also to provide a more modern learning environment, so much the better, win-win. And that's what you're doing at Cedar Lee. And so the scope of the project at Cedar Lee uh, initially had to do with capacity, right? Increasing the capacity from 600 to 900. And so in order to do that within the facility, which the facility itself is about 100,000 square feet as is, uh, we're doing an addition to it, an addition of, I believe, 12 classrooms in order to increase capacity by 300. But you can't just increase the capacity of the building by 300 because you have to feed those 300 kids. You have to uh, have, have space for them to recreate. So part of that expansion or, yeah, is the renovation of the cafeteria. So the cafeteria is going to get larger, uh, the kitchen is going to get larger, and it's going to get a complete overhaul so that you'll be able to provide food, sustenance for the, for the new 300 students, but also benefit the 600 that are there now. So it's an expansion of classrooms. It's a renovation expansion of both the cafeteria and dining, but also it's an expansion of and a relocation of the admin, and if you know Cedar Lee, you know that when you walk in, you don't walk directly into the admin. You walk into the, to the lobby. And it's, it's quite a nice lobby, but insofar as security goes, it's easy enough to, it could be easy for someone to, to slip in and slip by. And you've got measures in place right now to to prevent that from happening. But in the future, uh, admin will be forward and adjacent to the entrance. And so anybody who's coming to the school will have to go through a, a three-part sequence in order to gain access to the building so it's admin it's dining and cafeteria and it's new classrooms in that new classroom bar you're going to have besides just your traditional learning environment you'll also have some some breakout spaces adjacent to those classrooms so that when when teachers want to break out with their students or send a student out to do work on her own or or groups of students to work you'll have those places so itinerant teachers for instance won't be working with with students in the hallway or in a closet as it were as it sometimes is you'll have intentional spaces for that and also there's a there's a courtyard that's been created um, that will allow students to to break out and be in a protected secure area but also have access to
1: to outdoors is there and there's a gym auxiliary gym addition as well
0: that's right in addition to feeding them you have to recreate them and so there is uh, a second gym that's going on in the back and the thought with the gym was not only to accommodate the PE program, right? The physical education, but also to provide additional space for parks and rec. And so there's a parks and rec caliber basketball court in there so that you can host games on Saturdays and, and, and after hours.
1: So uh, question, uh, I, I know about this vaguely, but, um, I'm sure you know all the details associated with this. So if, I know there's guidelines out there, um, Related to, for example, you're adding 300 space for 300 kids, 12 classrooms. And that that pulls levers, right? You do that, and that means, as you mentioned, you got to do something with cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And you expand cafeteria, you really need to expand kitchen. And by the way, Cedar Lee, their, their food nutrition folks are fantastic, but I've been hearing from them for years about how hot it is in the Cedar Lee middle school kitchen. Um, but and then there uh, there's another lever pulled or trigger for the uh, gym space but what like where does that data come from like what who decides that yeah you're adding 300 more kids so yep you need to you need to add a uh, auxiliary gym or you need to expand the cafeteria is it sort of anecdotal or is there a formula that you follow
0: well we take our our guidance from the the school districts from with whom we work, and so I know that you had a plan in place, mm-hmm. your staff had a plan in place, and I imagine you probably referenced the Virginia Department of Education's uh, school design guidelines that provide some guidance and some some min- min- minimum standard of quality uh, for for educating a quantity of students. So that might be one place, but, but also sort of common sense, right? Oh. If you're gonna have those kids there, you, you really have to have a place to, because you're not gonna be able to put 300 more kids into a cafeteria on top of 600 kids even even when you break it down into four lunch lunch cycles Um, and then having the gym likewise needing that extra space needing that extra teaching station so that you can cycle the students through uh, efficiently and everybody can have access equal access to to the physical physical education
1: yeah and that's a question you, you hear every once in a while like what why, why are you doing why are you adding an auxiliary gym like for example, why aren't you adding why are you adding an auxiliary gym and not a new auditorium
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. well because you're not you probably aren't going to utilize the auditorium to the extent that the gyms going to be utilized mm-hmm. so you it's common sense you just kind of use that as your guidepost right mm-hmm. um, I did want to ask you about um, Let's see, where, where was I going? This is probably the part you'll end up editing this out because I lost my train of thought. I'm though. hoping you're going to edit the
0: first part out. No way. Entirely. I'm
1: staying in. Um, I was going to ask you something specifically about Cedar Lee. Oh, I know. I, what, my first teaching job, you don't mind if I tell you a little personal story, do you? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, my first teaching job was at Nyack High School in Nyack, New York, and the school was ancient and it was badly overpopulated and we had six lunch shifts six total lunch shifts so they were constantly rotating kids in and out of the cafeteria so anyway (laughs) uh you might so far be the worst guest we've had but uh (laughs) Honestly, w- what, am, what am I
0: doing? I'm listening to your story. It's the first time okay. you taught. You we're we're going to edit this out. Reno, Nevada?
1: Anyway, um, Nyack High School, just a, a old, it was probably on four or five different levels, um, way too small. They ended up building a new high school. But I remember those, those six lunch shifts because I was 20, Three years old, brand new teacher, male, single, and I did lunch shifts, lunch duty all the time. I mean, that for whatever reason, I got assigned to a lot of lunch duties, and it was it was crazy. But in terms of school design generally, um, this is where I was going with that. Um, what are the trends? Like, what is changing as far as school design? Now you just mentioned one, which is the, the these. Um, Uh, spaces, larger spaces where kids can gather, uh, learning spaces, uh, community spaces. That's a new thing, relatively new, as opposed to building schools with computer labs, which architects, school divisions seem to be moving away from. Um, There's not a need for standalone uh, computer labs like there was 20 or 30 years ago. So what are some other things like what are some things that are changing with school design uh what are what are school what do you you hear from school divisions in terms of their needs or their wants that are different than they were 10 or even 20 years ago can you just comment on some of those pieces sure and I want to go back to the 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 variety of
0: spaces and places that we talked about some of those kinds of things we have at Cedar Lee Um, let me say that unfortunately school design is largely unchanged over many many decades and that's in due in large part to, to momentum, right? But I've seen a paradigm shift in the last 10 or 15 years, and maybe some of it was, was born out of the idea of 21st century schools. But what really what happened was that as our country, our economy, transitioned from an industrial to a post-industrial model, right, the, the curriculum – Transition from a one-size-fits-all approach, right, where students were kind of products, right, Mm -hmm. a one-size-fits-all approach to education where teachers were largely uh, at the head of a class, uh, teaching to the mean, to a a much more individualized approach to education. Is that fair to say?
1: Yep, absolutely true.
0: Recognizing the, the differences among students, different learning styles, um, and the need to um, give students more ownership of their, of their education. Now, that doesn't diminish the role of the teacher at all. It's just to say that uh, there's more of an emphasis on the students than ever before. And, and with that emphasis, um, with the recognition that, that students are different, learn differently, um, the curriculum changed. And so architecture... School building design changed in response to that. And that's right. the way it should always be. It should always be an inside-out approach to school design. So um, so what we're seeing now is you don't just have a series of classrooms on either side of a loaded, double-loaded corridor, what we call cells and bells. You have a variety of spaces and places for teaching and learning, differentiated instruction, one-on-one, small group, whole group, combined studies. And so the building has to have spaces for that. Otherwise, the teachers are are left with just the only option of sort of lecturing in their classrooms.
1: Well, um, you're obviously speaking to the choir here, um, particularly the the whole room, Tara, Lewis, me. Um, What we've been doing in education for the last 120 years really hasn't changed much, right? And the educational system and the process and the school design and the daily schedule is really was really modeled after what we were doing during the industrial revolution in the united states if you want to watch a great uh 10 minute clip about what the how this happened it's sir ken robinson can't think of the title of it but it's just i've I referenced it before on this show we'll
0: put it in the show notes
1: great i mean it's a fantastic 10 minute i know it well yes, where he's drawing on the blackboard yes, really good that's fantastic. just just talking about it hasn't changed much, and so I'll just synopsize it really quickly. It hasn't changed much. The same kids continue to not perform as well or do as well in many cases because we haven't looked at them as individuals. What do those kids need individually? We've looked at them as sort of the haves and have-nots, the the really good students mm-hmm. they go on to college, and then the students who aren't so good, they go on to do whatever. Well, if if that applied to um, all of us then I would be in that second group because I was a terrible student um, but anyway all that to say it's it's got to change because the same kids that were being unsuccessful 50 60 70 years ago are still being unsuccessful and what do we do about them? those gaps still exist and the definition of insanity is uh, you know doing the same thing over and over again but expecting a different result we're not we haven't been getting a different result in Fauquier County, I think we are getting a different result because our, our graduation rates for subgroups, black students, students with disabilities, Hispanic students, they're about the same as they are with um, all of the students, they're, they're roughly the same. Because I think our folks have made a commitment to meeting the individual needs of students, looking at them in a, as individuals and figure out what they need. That's not lowering the bar for anyone else, it's just raising the bar for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so important. So when you think about school construction and design, because I understand, I've read recently that you are the chair of the Association of Learning uh, of Learning Environments, and that's an international organization, isn't it? All right, you're the chair of that internationally. Is that correct? <laughs> that's all true. Wow, that is true. Yeah, tell me about that. What's that like? Okay, that's what I call fame.
0: So, I want to, I'll come to that. I, I appreciate you asking me about that. I'm surprised you know about these things. My, my, did my mom phone in?
1: Dorothy? Yes. Mantooth, Yeah. No, okay. She's a great, she's All a good right. lady. Um,
0: the, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second, but uh, I wanted to pick up on something that, that you said earlier. You were talking about CTE, and you asked me about trends in education, and... Was it
1: pretty profound what I said? It's always profound. Okay, keep going. Do
0: you want to read a question from the audience?
1: Uh, so anyway, all the questions are the same this week for some reason.
0: The um, y- you ask about trends, and so that's another trend in education that has uh, yielded um, new new d- trends in school design, and it's this idea that uh, you talked about tracking. You talked about students being tracked for college or for the workforce, and and that's resulted in a lot of disparity, right, and a lot of um, stigmatism, but. Of late, really, in the last ten to fifteen years, um, CTE has become uh, one of the most exciting and and, and thoughtful pieces of, of curriculum, oh. right at, at the high school level, Agreed. and tric, trickling down to middle school. You mentioned Dirk Jeffrey earlier, one of the one of the sponsors here. He wrote an article not long ago called "It's Not Your Daddy's Shop Class Anymore," and it's really a recognition of of the, of the good things that are being done to, to do a couple things one to, to um, get certifications for students uh, so that when they um, graduate from high school they're, they're more ready to enter the workforce than ever but it's also a, a blurring of the lines between traditional career and technical education and what we might call advanced placement mm-hmm. education um, and so in response to that High schools are being designed very differently. Uh, CTE is not in the basement, or it's not in the the annex building. Uh, It's front and center because it is way cool, right? The things that they're doing, robotics and health and medical sciences and environmental sciences and STEAM and et cetera, they're integral to a comprehensive high school program. And so we're, we're moving those programs into the buildings. We're making them visible. We're making them integral. And um, we're also designing those schools so those programs can can sort of move in and out of buildings mm-hmm. so the building can adapt to new curriculum as easily as possible. So the revolution in CTE has um, given rise to a revolution in CTE, career and technical education design in schools.
1: Well, it's that's sort of an interesting segue to, a, to our last guest. Uh, uh, it was an individual talking about his experience at a four-year college. It just didn't work out for him. So he went to culinary school as my son, and unfortunately he was raised by two educators who, there was no other option besides college. Like there wasn't another choice. Um, but we got a wake-up call after he went to college for a year, and it, just, it was a it was a disaster. But fortunately for him, he he went on to follow something he really loved, which is culinary, and so and so now he's a chef. But for a lot of kids, they they don't find that thing till much later. Maybe they never find it. Mm -hmm. and CTE is a really good example I was meeting with student advisory kids last week and we were talking about CTE and I said you know CTE got it right a long time ago Uh, CTE got it right in terms of you need to be able to show what it is you've learned and you need you need to demonstrate what it is um, the 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 content that we've taught you do you know it or do you not it's it's kind of like I used art and music as other examples you're not going to learn to play a saxophone by a series of multiple choice tests and lecture. You're not going to, and I wouldn't give you the keys to a, a Cessna after giving you a bunch of tests and showing you some videos, and I wouldn't do that. You would have to show me that you were able to do it. And CT got that right a long time ago. Like that's how uh, those. They, and it's funny. I was a CT regional CT director at K Tech for one year years ago, and teachers at CT at, at K Tech anyway. They didn't like to be called teachers. They liked to be called instructors. This is very important to them. They wanted to be called instructors. And it was because of that thing I just mentioned. In their minds, instructors means I'm teaching you how to do something, and then you need to show me that you're able to do it. Like a flight instructor or someone instructing you on how to fix carburetors, right? you got to be able to do it at the end. So they really got it right. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with learning spaces. Like those learning spaces are designed to enable kids to do that. Mm -hmm. Like see, uh, K-Tech also had a, we had a masonry lab. The masonry lab was set up so that kids were in the classroom laying block or a brick or stone and they were learning by doing in the classroom. Well, they they figured that out a long time ago. I think um, the core subjects, we haven't figured that out yet. I mean, we're getting there, but just the idea of having these open learning spaces um, where kids can go and, you know just move around a little bit get their blood flowing that's it's a little tiny example but it's a it's, it's an important example like the kids need that we all need that no one wants to sit around for an hour or 90 minutes listening to lecture um and again i keep repeating the piece about cti this thing cte we could have learned a lot from cte many years ago but we didn't because we thought well they're in the basement you know or they're or they're in that other school down the road you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like it was a stigma attached to getting on the bus and going in Greene County, for example, where I was. You get on the bus to go to the right. tech center to take nursing. There was a stigma attached to that because you're leaving your buddies, and and that wasn't necessarily a positive thing. You know, if it was, it's there in the school and you're dedicating space in your school, an appropriate space. I mean, I go on and on about this. You know, we've just converted our culinary – our uh, uh, not home ec, they don't call it home ec. they used to call it home ec.
0: Family and consumer sciences. Well,
1: we yeah, we converted those spaces at our high schools into culinary labs. And that's that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. We're not really teaching home ec anymore. We're teaching kids how to be work in a culinary environment. So we have to give them the right environment. And that's what we did. That was huge because those 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 programs have now jumped up and been very successful. So I just think the whole process I think is interesting. Uh, you know school design in general so so what are some things um and this is a little bit of a of a sticky but i wanted to ask you about uh, budgets
0: right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: i'm assuming that you were you've done a lot of projects I, I, a lot I know that yeah i mean i remember 20 years yeah i remember vm when you were at the mdo years ago i mean yeah that was i, I don't think they exist anymore but uh, after you laugh they phew, they really struggle um, but you know um, again I forgot where I was going with that why do you do that to me this is your fault uh, oh uh, budgets yeah here we go <laughs> uh, the budgets piece it's like um, in Falker County budgets are everything like a construction budget it's a big deal when you when we put this project out to bid every piece of it was vetted in order to get the, the most bang for your buck in terms of, uh, of the budget for the project i'm assuming there are school divisions out there i don't know where they are not as big a deal um i think i just read about a school construction project in It's 125 million dollars i believe for a new high school um, do you encounter wide variation on when working with school divisions as far as just uh, on one end you have the trying to save as much money as possible and cut as many corners as possible versus school divisions that say just give us what it is we want we want the best for our kids and we're not that concerned about budget so you have you have both ends of this you have you know we're trying to spend as little as we, as we can versus budget doesn't matter what's what's most common or is it something in the middle I don't think I've ever encountered a school district
0: or a community that wasn't concerned about budget. People come at it from different angles, but but budget's always a, a consideration um, because schools compete with, with other needs in the community. But there's no question that the schools are, are vital to the overall success and economic health and well-being of a community. And so an investment in the schools is fundamentally an investment in the communities, the the problem that we encounter most often is under budget, and we work with school divisions that have very um, thoughtful and experienced finance departments, but school construction isn't necessarily their bailiwick, and so they 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 pull references and they use comparables like how much did a school cost over here, and 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 they'll come up with a budget, but of course they get pushed back, and so maybe they'll. If they've got a a bracket, they'll they'll maybe default to the lower end of that bracket. And so that number, whatever it is, let's call it sixty million, gets put into a capital improvement plan, a five year plan for that community. And and five years later that project's due and they go back and look at that number and they say, Okay, sixty million, but what's happened in the interim is that um the school's needs have changed and so the 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 study on which the original program and therefore the budget was based has changed maybe they need more capacity and therefore need more square footage maybe they need a, a pre-k center as part of the elementary school any number of things um and so the 60 million dollars won't necessarily accommodate the increase in scope that's one. Two. Five years later uh there's considerable inflation and it's not just the inflation to the five years it's the inflation to the to the to the seven and a half year point, because it's five years plus two and a half years design and halfway through construction. So you've got seven and a half years of compounded interest, which is sixty million dollars. I can't do that kind of math in my head, but it's gonna be out there around seventy five million. And so you've got a project that from the from the get go is fifteen million dollars or roughly twenty percent under budget. And so then the, all the sort of the hopes and dreams, the aspirations that the community might have had for that school are sort of given over to just trying to meet the capacity number to get the building down to a certain square footage um, to be able to afford it, and, and, and what gets sacrificed is, is quality. Now, that said, I've worked with school divisions, and I think that Fauquier is one of them. Frederick County is another one. Manassas Park is another one. Arlington um, where the uh, where the school division has has had a project and has been given a budget and has been faithful to that budget but have gotten feedback from the community that says well by the way we need this and the, the school system the school board the board of supervisors have listened to those community members and have increased the budget, and or they've said, by the way, if we're in there, it makes all the sense in the world to, for instance, do a new kitchen, right? If we're in there expanding the kitchen and we're doing something with the the cafeteria, it makes all the sense in the world now, as opposed to piecemeal over time, to redo the budget. makes good fiscal sense. And so I've been in situations, uh, thankfully more often than not, when when really good fiscal decisions lead to increases in budget which allow the school system and then therefore the students in the community to get the kinds of things that they need so that happens too which is great
1: um, yeah I, I budget is um, it, it was interesting that we all it, we all held our breath when the const- we were waiting on the construction budget figures to come through I mean, we got backing way up. We got the budget for the project done. Mm-hmm. The board of supervisors worked well with us on that, and w- sort of we came up with uh, a figure that we could everyone could work with, and we felt like we were going to get really good product for our kids. And we s- chose a firm. We chose Stantec, um, and then we so we still have that sort of that stagnant uh, budget, and then we put it out uh to see who the actual contractor was going to be and that's when we all held our breath because it was at that time where all of a sudden the price of like plywood had doubled right and you know if you go into home depot you know exactly what i'm talking about a two by four that cost three bucks a year and a half ago is now seven or eight bucks it's crazy so we all collectively held our breath, like, "Oh my goodness, is this going to blow our budget out of the water?" And thank goodness it didn't. I mean, it was—I think it was a 13% increase, but uh, we were hearing it that it could be, be as much as a 30% increase uh, on the construction budget. 30 again, it, as much. Yeah, and so we were—we were like relieved when it was 13% because we could manage that. But right now, it's—it's it's crazy, and just to get. The people to do the work, the manpower issue is killing everybody right now. As you, as you, I'm sure you are Mm -hmm. aware, Um, bricklayers, masons, uh, carpenters. I mean, teachers, teachers, everything. Bus drivers. It's just it hurts all around. So I don't know how the construction industry is dealing with this problem, but it's got to be infecting them also, because it's affecting everyone else. I can't imagine that they're exempt from. It's interesting. Local business owner down in Catlet called me, and really nice guy. And he said um, he owns a uh, wasn't a construction company. I think it was more of a construction uh, materials company. Mm-hmm. And he asked about what can we do to help you. I'm reading about your shortages and you know manpower shortages. Anything we can do to help you? And I'm like, we need CDL. We need people with CDLs to drive our kids around. We need bus drivers. And he said, and I should have thought before and he's like oh we have the same problem so you know I'd like to help you but we can't help you there because we have the same issues we can't get cbl drivers either and a lot of times when they get their cbls we have the same issue they get their cbl which we pay for and then they leave us and they go work for pepsi and make more money
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's 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 hitting all of us hard and it, but it's very frustrating we're still down 40 teachers 30 bus drivers um just across the board issues. We can't get subs. Um, it's just a real mess. So I'm assuming that that's impacting construction prices as well.
0: It is. And I'll, I'll put a plug in for Taft Construction, mm-hmm. who was awarded the bid. Uh, as was mentioned earlier, the groundbreaking happened, I guess, last week. Mm-hmm. We had a, a job site meeting yesterday. They've broken ground. If you drive by uh, in Bealton, you'll see that there's a pile of dirt, spoils from the site um and it's happening out there mm-hmm. so TAF construction is doing a, a great job uh getting out of the ground which by the way is one of the most difficult things because you don't know what you might encounter right mm-hmm. and so once we get out of the ground the hope is that we can get out of the ground get the foundations poured uh before the thaw so that that steel can be erected and we can get uh, as much done over the winter as possible so we're hoping for a mild winter that's always the case me uh, too should also probably, hoping
1: for a mile winter. Let me also,
0: no snow, no snow days. Are you the guy? Never mind, I know you're the guy. <laughs> let, me, let me also uh, say thanks to the, the folks who are on our engineering team. Uh, Ascent Engineers, who's doing the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing mm-hmm. out there. Uh, Noikos, who's doing the food services, so that whole kitchen renovation. Uh, they designed and specified that. Working with Fox and & Associates and Spring Point on the structural engineering. And timmons is doing the landscaping and civil and then polysonics is doing the at nope the it and the av and the security so uh, i appreciate the nod to stantec um, but there's a lot of people who are working on this job and you mentioned onto earlier i'll mention matthew cavanaugh with whom you and i worked
1: oh matthew very well
0: yeah in green county on a project of course dirk jeffrey and and heidi lou and others so uh, a really uh, a team effort appreciate all the the hard work by by tom mm-hmm. and josh uh and dave graham on your staff and of course you and and the school board with whom we've worked as well so it's been uh, oh i shouldn't i shouldn't forget leah uh the principal that's uh, absolutely she's fantastic absolutely and she's all in on this renovation yeah. she's excited she about her, it.
1: she and her assistant tom alexander great team fantastic brand new team they're both fantastic yeah they're all in well listen thanks for being here Uh, that's a a really great way to kind of finish up the podcast but uh been a great guest as i anticipated
0: well thank you for having me i I really appreciate being the 43rd guest
1: you have (laughs) you could have been the 44th that's the way you got to think of it you got to go half glass full on this one that's right you could have been number 44 hank Aaron. just saying oh see see what i did there
0: that's nice. Well played, well played. Go Braves!
1: All right, go Dodgers. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. Um, we will be back with episode forty-four in a week or two, um, and uh, we don't—I don't think we have a guest yet. We'll be uh, looking for one. I've got—we have some ideas.
0: I can come yeah, back. Yeah, I can um, come back. We have,
1: we have lots of ideas. After Louis, the Braves you know, win the World Series, who needs to be a guest is Lewis McDonald. That's I think you need,
0: should ask your listeners to nominate
1: you know what even better idea i'm putting it out there right now listeners all of you listeners mm-hmm. uh if you have ideas for guests absolutely it's a great great idea actually send them in um we try to mix it up keep it interesting we've had bus drivers custodians uh county officials politicians uh architects chefs we've had everything uh sheriff's been on a couple times we've had folks from the mental health community on the on the show um We've had a little bit of everyone. So if you have ideas, send them on in. And so to everyone, thanks. Have a great day and have a great weekend.
0: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)